0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Film Photography Podcast Analog Talk. I'm your host, Chris. I'm Tim. And we have a very special guest today. Say hello, Jake. Hey. So Jake is a professional unit still photographer um, out in Nashville. Um, Today's subject matter, however, is going to be starting your career on film and then sort of being forced to switch to digital and then finding your way back to film and the love of uh, film photography. So let's, uh, let's chat it up, guys. What do you think? I'm ready for it. Jake, can you tell us a little bit about yourself uh, as we get started?
1: Sounds good. So my name is Jake Giles Netter. I am a unit stills photographer, music photographer, and, you know, constant lover of all things and camera geek. And uh work in 11 years pro, 4 years in Nashville. And uh yeah.
0: So how did you like most of us get your start shooting film?
1: So I did. So I kind of got my start shooting on my own, um just really trying to Kill off an elective and gone to photography and then you know, took one or two classes, accidentally got stuck in AP photo class that everyone had been working their whole high school careers towards and um, <laughs> nice. had to put together an AP project in two weeks and ended up passing with a pretty hard mark and had a teacher that was um, cared enough to tell me to um, get my act together and to actually pursue it and then the rest is uh, history there. <laughs>
2: <laughs> nice. What camera were you using?
1: So, I was shooting, funny enough, I, I've, I've not actually been able to figure out the exact make of, or the exact one, but my mom, when she was about, now a little younger than me, was traveling through Asia and bought, at the time, a very nice Nikon that was probably one of the top street shooters at that point, and I didn't even know what it was, and just used the lenses, didn't really know what she had, and it just happened to uh, get me through.
2: That's great. I'm glad it was Nikon. I'm a Nikon guy.
0: See, I'm a Canon girl, so I'm like, well, okay.
2: Basic, <laughs> <laughs> Canon for digital, Nikon for film. Yeah, interesting. I agree. Although all my SLRs are Canon right now. I don't know what happened.
0: See, so you're not a Nikon guy. Don't 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 <laughs>
2: no, I, I, I lied. I lied. I'm sorry.
0: That's funny. So, Jake, tell us about your, your beginning you uh life as a film photographer. Did you do um you mentioned blogging and stuff like that. Yeah. Can you talk about that.
1: So so basically it kind of started. I haphazardly just ended up being the guy who always had a camera and all of my friends were in bands and I was working with them a lot of the time, and then literally just became a way of kind of taking snapshots and a lot of the times remembering it when you're kind of like a, a hippie kid living in California and doing this, that, and the third. And then it just kind of became the thing. Like I'd, I'd shoot, put some stuff up, and then everyone started using me. And on the work end at the time, the only thing I could really find to do work was shooting um, event photography at clubs, which mm-hmm. kind of played into a, necessarily a voyeuristic kind of aspect of my work, but it definitely was a way where a lot of people were going out and shooting um, and supporting that kind of lifestyle in these clubs and like kind of showing it as this like beautiful, fun, rich thing where I was kind of covering it photojournalist-esque and kind of showing the hard end too, like like still having the people like drunk in alleyways on top (laughs) of looking good with their friends. And for some reason maybe kind of being more of a subtle Approach that I was putting in it kept people kept hiring me for it and then just kind of doing that and Through very early in my career wanting to have a separation between that which I was getting known for and what I actually want to be doing I started blogging and shooting for Some great blogs that are no longer even you can even find um, one of which being called Canaan kids which was this one that would go out and kind of show LA in that aspect musically, like when the smell was blowing up and we'd get access with bands like No Age and all these bands that are very well defunct now, um, <laughs> and just kind of were the only as- like people covering that. And through that kind of got my own following, kind of in contrast to what I was having to do for work, which then plays into you know, the whole rest of my career, mm-hmm. finding that kind of happy balance between the two.
0: So do you ever find yourself – just so our listeners know, um, I'm also a unit still photographer out in L.A. Um, I'm not union yet. I'm working on getting all my days. But do you ever find yourself – because I've tried to sneak film. And I, I don't know why I'm saying sneak because I'm, <laughs> I'm not sneaking it. <laughs> um, uh, I've definitely tried to shoot film on set. And, you know, it comes down to I guess like digital is like what – I mean for what we do specifically. They want – they. I mean I give them the images before I leave set almost all of the time. Yeah. Um, they want the deliverables right away. Um, but do you do you shoot a lot of film on set, just cu- out of curiosity? Because I try to shoot as much as I can, but then I'm always like, this. I never find the time for it, you know, because it's like, you know, set is like, go, go, go. Oh,
1: yeah. Um, so, I mean, in some ways, I mean, more and more, it's one of those things, especially on unit stills, where, I mean, it's a, it's a funny separation that I always try to explain to people that want to get into it. It's a separation between the known go-to stills photographers that kind of do anything who are all anywhere from 45 to 75 at this point. And then this young crop where a lot of people don't necessarily want to, because you're not, you don't have 30 to 50 films under your belt. They don't give you as much leeway to maybe process film. So what I would do, the movie that I got to break out on, thankfully um, I was working in Asia. So I had, I shoot a lot on a Hasselblad X-Pan which is just my baby. I mean and that
2: camera? <laughs> yeah.
1: Oh, it's the greatest. And no one necessarily would want to pay for that film being developed, even though we're going through all these great labs. So, what I'd do is I'd have that handy. And since I was working in Asia and Taiwan at the time, I just had that. And more so, I would shoot what was happening behind the camera. Like if we were blocking off streets in the middle of uh, Pondicherry, India, in South India, and I mean, it's just the locals are coming around and it's something completely foreign because that's a third world country. I mean, oh, I would yeah. shoot film more so based on what the reaction was and shoot more street stuff in between and would just kind of blend in the crowd as much as I could. But um, and not more so do it on set. Like, thankfully, I had a pretty good relationship with uh, Suraj Sharma, who was an actor working on that movie. And um, did, you,
0: did you mention the name of the movie? Yeah. Oh,
1: no! okay, Life of Pi was my breakout. Okay. I
0: was like, maybe he can't oh. talk yeah. about it. I know. I had I, something
2: to do with that. I was
1: about to say, I was like, I was like trying to keep <laughs> that under, but I kind of went too far. But uh, anyways, <laughs> so on that, like with him and since I was kind of hired before I was union more so to cover all the odds and ends of all the behind the scenes stuff. So it's where incredible. There was a, yeah, so there was a unit stills guy who was supposed to take the actual like stills in the middle and then haphazardly I just kept saying yes to a lot of things that necessarily weren't in my best interest, but it got me more access. So I was, uh-huh. I was shooting EPK video and doing yeah. this and that and shooting kind of behind the scenes because it was such a technical movie, per se. Um, so through that, I was kind of finding my way to sneak in and shoot some more stills and then thankfully had a bunch of them used. It didn't necessarily get me in the union, but, um, but it, was, it was kind of fun. So I'll keep it on set, but more so for behind the scenes stuff. And I know a lot of the right. bigger guys who actually have it paid for will will actually get it processed and shoot X-Pan or obviously Leica. And so there, there's a way, but it's still kind of separation of church and state.
0: Yeah, for sure. Have you have you seen the film 45 years by chance?
1: I haven't. I don't think.
0: I, 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 so it's, it was an indie film. It got nominated for an Oscar two years ago, I believe. Um, I'm not su- I can't remember the name of the, the woman who shot the photos, but they're incredible film portraits of each of the characters and like ever since since I've seen her work, I've I've like every time I'm on set, I'm like, man, I want to take some you know amazing, incredible you know film portraits of the actors, and it just never is the time. So I'm I'm wondering almost if if like the creative people hired her specifically to you know create these images for the promotion. Oh yes. Yeah. Or if she was able to take the actors away separately and just can create create these incredible images. But yeah, it's, it's funny because I always bring film to set, but I always, most of the time, never get a chance to actually really, really use it in the way I want to.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, that's, I mean, speak about what you're talking about. They're definitely for doing, say, specials, like where you have right. a photographer come on just for like a week or so to shoot promotional material. There, there's a lot more leeway. I mean, I thankfully was very lucky to get to meet and get to know pretty well Mary Ellen Mark, who was working oh. on a production... Or two, actually. I was an assistant on a movie to a great stills photographer, um, who I don't necessarily want to say his name because he was super tough. But that is one of the better <laughs> ways that I learned was based on how tough he was. And right. in no ways do I hold any you know, disregard for him. I'm thankful for the way he was, but he's a good, well-known dude. But thankfully, through that, I got to meet her, and that was just her bag. I mean, she would come and work, you know, four days on yeah. set and make more than anyone in those four days. Right, exactly. Accumulate.
2: She was shooting film, right? Oh like, no, she, she wasn't shooting digital, was she?
1: She only—I mean, in—I mean, I was very lucky to get to talk to her and pick her brain a lot um, through the course of those. But she was like. You know, I tried digital once or twice and I just <laughs> didn't see anything in it. And I was like, well, see? thankfully you're pretty well known because you were able yeah, to have them yeah. cop all your that's films. That's what I mean. Oh,
0: like man. the the old the, the old school people like they never switched cuz that's just what they that was their mm-hmm. medium and that's what yeah. they used and that was their look. So they were they could stand their ground and say, "No, this is I'm this is this is what I do. This is how I work." Oh
1: and
0: yeah. That people would pay for it, you know? Now it's like you have to have to convince your client like, OK, this is my look. Like I have another friend who does a lot of commercial work. Uh, he shoots for like Urban Outfitters and he has to say like, I don't shoot digital and this yeah. is why. Right. And if you want this look, you'll have to pay for it.
1: Definitely. And
0: they do because you once you show, you know, show what film can do and what the look that 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 they want. Like it's like undeniable. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> it's Magic. undeniable. It really is.
2: Definitely. No, I'm, I'm kind of the odd man out here do you do you guys get to like are they your photos or do you have oh to no give them no no like even the film shots you don't get to just like well that's w- walk out of there with that in your pocket and kind of just use it for later I,
1: I think that's my fear that is another reason why I don't shoot film on set because yeah. the nature of how it is like if you're working with a, a big studio you basically sign away your rights to everything like it's even debatable right. Man. whether or not you can post shots after the fact, and they're free for you to even post on, like, your site for, for, for wow. that matter. Well,
0: there's, there's, uh, there's usually approved stills that you'll sometimes get to use. So that's basically everything that's on my website is stuff that's been approved because actors have to approve, what, 50% of the shots that they use?
1: I, I don't even know. I thankfully yeah. have gone to work with some really good PR agents, and specifically one who um I'll give a shout out to my boy Greg brilliant. But um uh I I mean that's their that's becomes their bag and if you have a PR agent that you really know and trust that has both the interest of the actors and then uh you know a care for the work then it's the biggest difference.
0: Right. Yeah. Usually I'll post stuff that I've seen that they use like oh they use this for a little uh you know Add on lifetime. I'm gonna use that. That one's approved. I'm gonna use it.
1: (laughs) Oh yeah, I'll I'll go to the extent where if they have a tag for like the movie and they put it up on their Twitter, I'm like, I'm gonna use that one. It's probably not as high quality, but you can see that you guys posted on it.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
2: yeah. Now, do you edit your work or Chris? You just said you hand them the disc. Yeah. So so at the end of the day.
0: There's somebody called DIT. I don't know what that stands like digital technician. uh, Yeah. Whatever. They're basically in charge of downloading the media from the actual cameras that they film. Yeah. So they'll take our stuff too, and then it's basically up to production what they, you know, what they what they use. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Man, I don't think I could do that.
0: (laughs) At 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 first, I was like, "Well, wait, I'll make them look good. I'll edit them." And then I was like, "Wait, I shot five. (laughs) I shot five thousand photos. Um, No, you." Here you go. <laughs> you guys can do the work.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's debatable. It, it, it goes, It's based on lab. Like, there's two big labs that they use in town. Sometimes I, I have had to do that where you hand it off to a, D, a DIT. Yeah. But um, some labs like different things. Certain networks I've found prefer to try to get you to every Monday, hand in a certain number of selects that you've edited.
0: Yeah, so there's God, some wow. some productions who will ask for selects, like yeah. this production I worked with, anyway, they want 300 selects, so I'm working on that right now.
1: Yeah, <laughs> and that's kind of when you actually get in the realm of working in the union, like it's it's a gray area where the union is telling you one thing to not really edit anything or hack and slash what you're turning in, but you still want to service the client and have a right. happy, like especially the lab, like thankfully there's one lab specific in LA that has actually done very well and has actually hired me out for things or recommended me because Great. i'm an easy person to work with and will make those sacrifices but it's a it's a gray area like the whole union thing really goes down an interesting path and, yeah definitely and the black there's school of the union oh there's no right answer but it's i'll <laughs> tell you one thing it's once you're in it and you're in good terms with it It's beautiful, like it's it's amazing, and they really look out for you. But it's like it's like any relationship, like you just have to foster it.
0: Yeah, I'm definitely going to pick your brain a little bit um, off mic, later if that's okay (laughs) with you. Oh, I'd
1: love love that for sure.
0: (laughs) Awesome. So what's what do you shoot personally? Like what is what what's your? uh, I know like Timothy's a huge black and white guy. So like, can you talk about like what what's your favorite stuff to shoot?
1: Most definitely. I mean. I always will go back to black and white. If it was ever to me, I never would have even made the switch to color just because I like the immediacy in black and white. Like you can like if you shoot a photo that's just okay but the color is on point and it it just brings it together like you can get away with not having necessarily a very good shot and that makes me crazy. Like if you shoot black and white like it's literally just on you like it's either a good shot or it's not a good shot and especially on my my hossie which i'm staring at right now uh my little x-pan um it's just it's just its own thing like it's the way i I prefer to shoot anything is kind of i I take it like a jazz mentality where i just try to try to kind of get in the fugue state or get in the rhythm and just not overthink and a nah. black and white. It's just trying to get those instincts trained up, and you know, you either have or you don't. I mean, Tim, you know, because you do my lab work,
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you'll yes.
1: you'll see. I didn't get
2: a single color roll out yeah. from you.
1: Well, uh, you'll you'll see. Uh, you know, the the method to the madness, or it's just again, it's it's just to document it. Like things just look good in black and white. Even if you just go out with a little Contax T2 or a little Yashica T4 or whatever. My favorite. I mean, yeah, and you shoot black and white with a flash, like it's just beautiful, and it's it's oh, it is. It timeless. Oh, it And that's, Yeah, you
0: guys have been like Timothy's has been inspiring. My next role of film, I've made a promise <laughs> to myself is going to be black and white because I honestly shoot almost everything in color. So.
1: Oh yeah. It's I just understand black and white more.
2: Yeah, that's how I feel when I when I put a, col- a color roll into my camera, I get so man, I I don't know. It's just, I feel like I'm cheating on my, on my wife or something. It's it's like, I I didn't mean to do it, but I I still like the result. You know what I mean? I I enjoy a color roll every once in a while, but black and white is like, I see when I, when I think about like today, I'm going to go out and walk around town and shoot some photos. It's like, I already know, you know, it's either tri X or T max 400 pushed to 1600 crushing it with an orange filter. And then like, that's just how I see everything. And I can, you know, frame it up exactly in my mind. I know what it's going to look like. I don't even have to think about it twice. Color, it's like if there's something red hidden behind there that you didn't really see the first time around, like that is going to be the main focus of that entire picture then. Like, oh, it's yeah. just, right. it's color is too hard. It's too hard to work with for me, for me. I know, Chris, you love color. You I just do. love it. Yeah, I do. Love, love, love. <laughs>
0: I think that's one of the reasons why, I mean, I which love, is not a bad thing. One of the reasons why I love film photography is because the colors are just so incredible. Like the look of portrait to me is just like
2: mm.
0: it's how it's how what like what makes me love photography is 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 just I don't know the colors of of the world seen through film really. Yeah,
1: yeah.
2: yeah.
0: But I will. I promise you, Timothy. My next roll of film will be <laughs> black and white, and listeners can hold me to it.
2: Nice. Send it to me. I'll develop it for you.
0: Perfect. There you go. Perfect. (laughs) So,
1: so mind you, I've only heard the uh, first episode so far, but so what's your go-to color roll right now? Me? Yeah.
0: Oh, Portra 400.
1: Did you ever get a chance to shoot the 400 NC, though?
2: Before
0: it
1: got... Oh, that is... The
2: NC and the VC. I love both of those. NC
1: was my favorite. I've never been so mad at Kodak for, for pulling that but um yeah. because the straight portrait 4 I love it but it's just a little too much and i mean the whole point was them trying to improve on the nc and the vc and kind of find a yeah. happy balance but i kind of liked the imperfection so much of the nc
2: yeah i just oh. liked that it was it was very neutral you know it was oh. like almost pale like very desaturated and that's how i always edit my color anyway i yeah. always just pull the saturation back but yeah, that was a great film. Right and you film.
1: and you could really abuse it and and like have interesting results because there wasn't so much of a range that the color could go wrong. Like you could yeah, let yeah. it get hot and you could really like do some terrible things to it, which I loved. <laughs>
2: <laughs> See, that's what I love about C forty one film in general. Like you can I mean, I forget what the stop, you know, gap is on that film, but you can blow that film out and it'll still hold all the detail. I don't know. What, how that's even possible but it's I mean I've taken some like shots at thirty, one thirtieth 30th of a second by accident just setting it up and i you can still use that picture like, yeah. in broad daylight <laughs> you know what I mean yeah, it's, it's like, amazing. still a pretty rad yeah. picture like, oh, yeah. I don't know how they do it and make Black it hard Knight, to make no. a mistake that's the only thing that well, I don't know underexposing color film is another story though like if it's dark it looks it gets real gross and grainy that's, yeah. that's another thing I don't really like about color
0: yeah, but sometimes those those images are, are really cool, too. I've had I've, I've yeah, underexposed right. some stuff, right. and I'm like, you know what? I, kind of, I still like this.
1: Yeah, that's really big on the Instagram <laughs> market. That's, uh, yeah, yeah. for sure. It it is. Is. I'll get you, like, 20 more likes.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Underexposed shots of dinner. Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that coffee must have been really cold. Yeah. <laughs> Did you see that? It was so underexposed, that iced coffee. That's funny. I, I was trying to promise myself I wouldn't come – I promised myself I wouldn't swear. I promised myself that I wouldn't talk too much crap about instagram, so yeah,
0: you're yeah. doing good so far yeah, you know <laughs> so.
2: instagram i i mean i I'm a sucker for instagram i I find a lot of my favorite or i should say i found a lot of my favorite photographers through Instagram me too. I was a little late on the on the flickr end of things, like the Flickr community was huge, you know. Oh yeah, ten years ago.
0: Yeah, Flickr was for me when I started. Um, was like was huge, huge. I made some friends off Flickr, which is which is yeah. you know always awesome. But yeah, it's it's different. But now that we're we're doing this podcast and we're, um, that's where we're hosting our our uh, photo challenges. Yeah. I've, I've been getting back into Flickr and like posting some stuff and just because it's another place that people could you know comment on your work and have a conversation and. And stuff like that, so
1: I oh, still yeah. like Flickr. Flickr, Flickr is funny. It's like some people have made a great transition. Like some of your favorite Flickr photographers back in the day have made that shift to Instagram and are still mm-hmm. killing it. Yeah, and I, I really, I mean that's funny. I, I, recently discovered my old Flickr and was like so glad I went under a different professional name at the time because <laughs> it's <laughs> yeah. pretty rough. Um, Same. Love it. But yeah, it's funny talking about Instagram. I like have my little cheat sheet. And kind of the sweet spot I found with great photographers is like the 500 follower mark. Like Mm -hmm. people that go up and are at the 23,000 and have maybe or may not have paid and all that. Those type of people, it seems have to put out and perform so much in that one specific style to maintain that kind of following. That it kind of muddies it and it kind of frustrates me in some sort of way to see photographers that could be really great kind of just play to their audience and never take risks where people who are at like 500 followers 600 followers who i mean i've i've had coffee with you tim and shown you a bunch who are like some of my favorite that i take so much off of and they're doing the most amazing work that makes me so happy because they're not having to put out and i don't necessarily know what that happy median is between the two but i all you, you know, all you in that 500 600 realm, props, keep it going.
0: Yeah, stay there. Stay <laughs> real. Nah,
1: I mean, stay true because Yeah, stay true. I mean, I have I have plenty that I just love that like literally doing such amazing work and are so underappreciated. Internationally, awesome. too.
0: Yeah. It's awesome.
2: It's nice to have a platform to bring everybody together. I mean, I'm glad they kind of like reformatted Instagram too to make posting film a lot easier because yeah. I remember back, you know, when it was just strictly square format and you had to download another app to turn mm-hmm. your picture into and it's, you know, it, yeah, was, yeah, yeah. it was such a train, train wreck in the beginning. But now that it's, you know, poster friendly, I yeah. know what you mean, No, it, <laughs> I'm, it's I'm feeling it.
1: Very specific. I mean, there are people and I was just having this conversation with a local photographer that does very well on Instagram. That's one of the few people I think does it right, where there are people that go into it to make it a business. Yeah. and do it very well and still are putting out really good work without necessarily selling their souls but that's what their job is like they go from that approach and for that I mean anyone that can make money in our industry consistently I've nothing but respect for right. and then there's oh, people yeah. that are 100%. just showing out and just jumping the shark repeatedly and that's you know that's a different <laughs> different realm or the ones which is another like if you shoot just nothing but beautiful models like you're going to get followers Right. And that's another thing. And again, some people do it very well. Some people have studied and are like very Helmut Newton-esque and are like looking at all the right people and are actually like pushing the genre. And some people are like, okay, well, she's cute. So, you know, I'll get 400 (laughs) likes on this and then, you know, keep pushing it. And it's all good.
0: Yeah, it's crazy. And it's hard to get caught up in that too. Like just in general, just to get, you know, how many followers we all have and what have you but if you you know like you're saying just keep your mind just shoot what for you and post what what for you and what your style is and all that stuff will i think will will come naturally
1: oh yeah yeah i think it's so hard if you're just shooting for followers to really find your voice and that's kind of the nature of good photography like i thankfully i'm going to shout out my assistant fletcher moore I love my dude, but he's like a young cat. He's come through. I mean, he's so good at hustling. When I first met him, I didn't even realize that he was like very well underage to be at the clubs that I was having him come assist me at. But he was like telling me like it's the hardest thing being a young photographer right now because you'll shoot something you really like and it'll it'll get like half as many hits as some Mm -hmm. BS you shoot and how that's Mm -hmm. starting to influence his work. And then I've done nothing but try to break him with that. And he's becoming an amazing photographer through that. But it's, just, it's just a separate idea. Like if you went through and, and made it before Instagram, like you learned a whole different set of traits and by different rules than this gener- like generation, not to make myself be the old man on the mountain, <laughs> but there's certain things that are necessities that you need to go out and learn outside of that. Go assist someone, take right. some hard knocks from someone you're assisting, but then become disciplined because of it.
0: Right. That's that's so true. That's I'll, Go I'll, out and assist, go out and assist, go out and assist. Definitely. Go out and assist
1: and take knocks. And if they're mean to you and hard, like... If they care about you and have that chosen love. you to be their assistant, there's a reason why they're trying to teach you that. I mean, going, yeah. going back to the still photographer that I assisted on my first movie, who's, again, well-known guy, does great, not going to say his name because I am thoroughly grateful for what he did but don't necessarily want people to think of him that way. He would go, and I've told Tim, uh, Tim the story. He would go, and in between, he'd make me go to Crafty and make him PG Tips English breakfast tea. And I would make it, and if I overbrewed it, he'd smack it out of my hand and make me do another one.
0: Whoa. And then real tough in, love. In, front of,
1: in front of the whole crew, like real rough. And then the second one would be closer. And the first day, I went through five cups of tea in one sitting in between sets, knocking on my hand. No, that's not it. And then the next day, it took me two cups. And then after that... <laughs> I got it right every time, and now I can make some mean English breakfast tea. But what he's trying to teach me that was to have that attention to detail and to just understand that that's part of the game. And especially talking about unit stills, the reason why I love it is it's not a place, like you can get your work published amazing places, it's great, but it's not, you are the lowest common denominator on that set. Like you literally are not doing anything that real other than documenting and kind trying to earn your keep, so you can get sent home. I mean, oh, I've yeah. had actors that would mess up lines, and I was necessarily like not even close to eye line, but just they needed someone, they needed the scapegoat, and yep. I've been oh, sent home. I've,
0: I've been the scapegoat before too. Yeah,
1: and it's not fun, but it's not no. meant to be fun. Like you are doing right. something that's going to stand the test of time, and you might not put your name on it, but you will have something that will be out there that will make sense. And again, that's right. maybe messed up my idea on, on my personal work of finding that happy median of, of putting stuff out there for people to see and then doing stuff that just makes me happy of what I'm doing. And it, it's interesting, but that's that's good. Like, you're meant to have a tough go. Like, you're right. not meant to have everything handed to you or you don't appreciate it or you keep getting sponsored posts and all that stuff. And then you get hired for a real job and you don't have the discipline to do it well. And then oh, man. you yeah. have to deal with the consequences
0: That's for sure. Yeah, man.
2: So what, when you have a picture taken, like or picked from one of your still shots, you don't even get credited or do you get credited? No, you, it, it's, it's on if,
1: if it's a really good studio and you have a really good PR person that has your back, like, I'll have stuff run that doesn't get credited, but most of the time, I have people that care enough and know how much work I've put in and like it enough that they want to have me credited. That's great. Okay. And it's, but it's, yeah, I mean, it's, I've had every this, that, and the third um, happen in that circumstance. That's never necessarily, there's no rule of thumb on how it works.
0: Yeah. I'm trying to like mentally think, I think majority of my stuff is been uncredited. Yeah, which is like a bummer. But, you know, as long as I like, as long as I can use that stuff for my portfolio, my website and know that like, that, you know, that's mine, it doesn't bother me too much. I guess it probably should. But yeah, it's that's just the nature of our business. I feel like, yeah, like,
1: it's, it's funny. I know a lot of people and I'm gonna I'm going to Say it's it's Nash Nashville centric, but it's probably not as much but more people that are just spend so much time getting hung up chasing credits and yeah. messing with magazines and publications not thinking about the outcome where basically hey, you're making yourself look very unattractive for these people working with you again, right just going out and trying to work like you can right. get hung up people are going to steal your work. All the time. That's the nature of being in this time but internet world that we're in these days. Like your stuff is going to get stolen. It's a bummer. But every once in a while you'll get the good grace of getting a really good credit. And you know what? You get credit at the end of a movie. You put in your IMDb. You I was just gonna say, IMDb.
0: IMDb. There's it, proof that you were. There's proof that it's yours on IMDb it, when your it, name is listed as the photographer.
1: It keeps it going, even if, though, most of the time now you've got to go in and add it yourself. But like, oh yeah, and that's the thing. Keep up on your IMDb credits. If you're working at unit stills and have the, the joy of wanting to take the abuse that we do, yeah, like, like play your part. Like I know a lot of people that miss out on credits that do a lot of work. Especially, I mean, I can think of one or two local people that have like done so much in the last 10, 20 years, but their IMDb is like bunk.
0: Yeah, they just got to go add it. That's that's. There's just a button that you could just, just add, add oh, the credit. Yeah.
1: And they say they're going to review it, but it's basically like some IT guy that's like, <laughs> yeah. sure, like yeah, I'm not going exactly. to look. <laughs> like...
0: Exactly. That's Man, so I'm
2: funny. so glad that I'm getting to hear this side of things because I always forget that that photography can also be a job. Like I'm coming from like a personal work, you know, kind of side of things, hobby slash like fine art, whatever, starving artist. It's just crazy to think that it's, I mean, I've, I've second shot weddings and stuff like that. And, you know, it's a job just like you guys. I handed the disc over after I was done and I, I don't know what it is. It's just hard for me to, to let go of those pictures. Like I always, I, I, you know, I feed off of, Pressing that, that button to take the photo, I'm just like, I need it. And yeah. to just like give it all away, just like, it, it breaks my heart listening to you guys talk. Yeah. I, it's, I don't know. It's funny. I don't know how you do it.
1: Funny, I actually learned this from a writer, but the best thing, like, I used to have the thing where, especially if you get in a realm of sh- shooting digital or if you get mm-hmm. like a really high success rate shooting film, finding the way to cut down your selects. And this writer friend of mine was just basically like, you got to kill your babies. Like, I understand, but you're going to shoot so many more pictures. And it's literally like, if you send in too much, which is my problem, I've had this with publications I work for, where I literally like, I'll be shooting like South by Southwest for a magazine. With two other photographers, and I have such a high success rate of the shots I'm turning in that I'm putting so much in that their editor, whoever again, possibly intern that's sitting there is like, oh, he sent out, he sent in 75, and the other people sent in 20. Um, we'll just pick from those 20. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And so
1: it can go either way, and it's you gotta just learn to hack it and to to just know that there's more pictures, which. Is, you know it 's kind of unsettling that 's why it 's harder for me to i 've had such a separation between personal work and then yeah. actual work is you know personal work you hold such an attachment to where if i 'm shooting for a client those are those image they' that's their images so i 'll just you know yeah. uh, i'll i 'll have a different uh rule of thumb and attachment to them
0: i think that's uh you know one of the main reasons why all my personal work is film is because i you know you get to slow down, just the process in general. Um, you know, you're, you're not, I don't know, you don't, you, the digital, you know, I've, you, you could shoot, I've shot sessions where, you know, I'm, you, I'm now I'm calling in camera where I'm just like that, you know, I already know that's bad. Da, 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 da. With film, yeah. you just like, you get 36. These are your, it's like almost Zen. Like I'm going to take my time. I'm going to make sure every one of these is how I want it. And I just think, you know, that's a testament to film for sure, for slowing down, number one. And not having to worry about calling 5,000 images.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, wow. That's, that's for sure. There's definitely more of a magic to shooting film. A hundred percent. And it's... Yeah. And, yeah, it's just... Zen is a good way to put it. Because digital, I mean, it's like you have so much control, like I was saying before. Like, you are so in your head consciously trying to, like, make sure, like... Okay, is this in focus? Well, I can see it's in focus. Now, yeah. how's my exposure? Especially shooting mirrorless, which I'll tell everyone that wants to get into a unit stills or anything like that. Whole DSLR market is is um, oh, rough.
0: Yeah, so I'm gonna pick your brain real quick on that. So I I have a, I shoot on set with a Canon 5D Mark III. Yeah. In a Mark Jacobson sound blimp. Oh yeah. Um, who I love Mark. He's the sweetest man alive. So I shoot a majority of my stuff with the Mark Jacobson sound blimp. And I just recently shot a short film with a uh, Fuji uh, Pro X Pro 2 yeah and my whole world opened up like oh. I just because it's not as like it's not as heavy it's not as like cumbersome I was able to get smaller and lower and it just made me want to shoot so much more like yeah. capture more of the behind the scenes just because and it's just it's silent it's it's incred- yeah. it's, it's just such a difference
1: there I I will say. So I was working on this movie last summer, and I had an actor that was very well known to be very photo-conscious. And Mm -hmm. I knew that going in, and it was basically like, you know, you're out in another country working, you're out in Canada, and if he doesn't like you and he has a problem, you go home. So I had a little XE2, which was, not it's not even like a very top of line great Fuji, and so I figured out kind of where the line was with that in terms of what light it could handle, because it's not as high an ISO range you can shoot it at, and then just was using that so much, and I never had an issue at the end. That specific actor came up and thanked me, and I was like, oh, wow, there's a reasoning why, and then it's got not, the X-T2, and then it's another game now.
0: Yeah, it's because it's, it's not as invasive.
1: Oh, 100%. I will say, and and so much of our industry now is going strictly to Fuji X-T2 yeah. and the Sony A9 and all that, but the Fuji is spectacular. I love it. I use it for almost everything, but my Mark three likes very specific lighting better than the Fuji, mm-hmm. and yeah. so many people are unwilling to pull the blimp back out yeah. that I feel like it's a shame, because I'll I'll pull out my Mark three all the time just for very specific things, especially when I'm not up close and have... More space to work with, but it's—I mean—the Mark III is a gorgeous camera. All the new 5Ds are great yeah. too. I think it's a little overload. A lot of the new ones that you don't necessarily need, but you know, it's Canon. There's a reason why Canon's been the benchmark for so long,
0: right? And I, uh, one of the other reasons why I love the the Fuji X Pro Two, and just the, that line in general, is because it's the mo- they, it's the most like film. You could actually choose settings in the camera for like specifically to look like film, which is who doesn't love that? You know. Oh yeah, yeah.
2: Well, just holding it, it feels like a film camera. I yeah. Mean, to me, I, I don't. I've only ever like held one once or twice at Best Buy or something like that. Oh yeah. You know? And it it definitely has that feel to it, like a you know an SLR film camera.
1: Well, it's funny. The original reason I got into Fuji digital is it it wasn't as well documented here, but in 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 Asia they really well knew it that Fuji was making Hasselblad for a number of years. So my X-Pan was actually, my Hasselblad X-Pan was made in a Fuji factory. In Japan, it was released as a Fuji camera for a fraction of the price. And it is one of the the top-of-the-line best frickin' made cameras. Like I swear to God, the lenses on my X-Pan are sharper than my L-series glass all the way through. Uh... And so as soon as I knew... Fuji was putting out the X Pro One, X Pro Two, and all that stuff. It's basically the closest thing to a digital X-Pan you're going to get, and the quality is amazing. These Fujinon lenses are so sharp and so yeah. small and so fast. They and are so
0: small. I had two in my pocket on set. Like, yep. I was I was able to switch just from pulling out of my. Po- it was like, oh yeah.
1: Oh, it's it's the greatest, but. It, do, it is very steep in film. And the great part, of, like you were saying, is they have all the Fuji film presets in there. I don't yep. necessarily think they're 100%. Like, if of I was going they're. to talk very dirty and, and talk about Visco um, presets, I think Visco presets are a little closer to actual mm-hmm. Fuji film than the presets in the Fuji film cameras. But, I mean, they're gorgeous. Like, yeah. I mean, I do shoot most everything super desaturated to bring out in post. For my film stuff and just to make it easier on the lab but it's it, they're beautiful cameras i can't like i never thought i would you know like them so much and fuji is very supportive once you start getting more in that realm and like they want you to be shooting their cameras and
0: they that's appreciate great. feedback that's awesome
2: but then they go and they take pack film away from us yeah <laughs> i was just gonna say Well because you got people selling it on Facebook for a hundred dollars a box.
1: Oh jeez. It's funny, I was listening to the first episode (laughs) when you're talking about that, and I mean it it's I mean it's a blessing and a curse. Like Kodak needs to be putting out film, especially this film Renaissance, because that's like the basis of what their market is. Fujifilm, because their digitals have been so unbelievable. They're like We don't really need your film market, yeah, like we we'll, we'll, don't need it. We'll keep your, we'll keep the Polaroids at freaking Urban Outfitters for you, but <laughs> right, you <know>. exactly. <laughs> but other than that, like we don't need that. And I mean, I saw a lot of the thirty-five millimeter that they discontinued in the last year, and you can't even get them in the states anyway. Like it's all the no. Tokyo street shooters have been killing yeah. that. But um, that's
2: how with all the the big, the large format slide film, you have to like. They order it, like, once a year or something like that. There's a group on Facebook that puts in a a big order once a year for, you know, slide film, which is is crazy that they don't sell it here at all. I mean, other than you might get lucky, but it's all right, Fuji. It's all right. Do your (laughs) digital thing.
1: Yeah. (laughs) I still love you.
0: All right, everybody. So this is the time in the podcast where we um, ask for your photo submissions. So to this week's photo challenge, we're asking for the best color landscape photo. So make sure to go and add that to our Analog Talk podcast Flickr group. Uh, a note from our website designer, please make it so we can download it. If you'd like it to be shared on our website, I have to be able to grab it, so if you could just make sure I can download it, um, we're gonna, yeah, we're gonna post post them to our website so everybody can see everybody's work and you know open up the conversation. Um, and I just want to say thank you guys so much for contributing so much. The Flickr group already is just its own little community in itself, and yeah, it. it's out of control. I've been loving all of that <laughs> stuff, so I'm gonna continue to share that stuff on Instagram. So yeah, choose share your best color landscape photo for us this this week. That's your challenge. If you don't have one. Go out and shoot some.
2: This is a good one for you, Chris.
0: Yeah. I mean, I have, that's basically (laughs) all of my, all of, a lot of my stuff is, color stuff is, is beach, beach photos. A lot of beach photos living in LA and able to drive down to the, to the ocean. So I will definitely be throwing some in there. Nice. All right. So this week's listener question is from a friend of mine named Argist. Uh, His question was, what are your thoughts on shooting expired film? Yes or no? And for me, I can tell you, I I, I never shoot expired film. It's always got to be fresh. I don't know why.
2: I had uh, my mom. She always goes to all these different flea markets. And there's this one back home that always sells uh, either 100, 200, or 400 Kodak. And it's all from, like, I mean, decades ago. It's just gnarly old 35-millimeter film that's been sitting in... A shed you know just like baking in the sun all summer long and they'll always pick up like 40 rolls for me and send them to me and i probably only shot maybe five or six rolls of it and the stuff is so weird like what the heat and time it's it's just so it's hard to explain what it does i mean not every single one was warped and weird but um, normally it just messes with the tones a little bit, I you know, see. it'll be like heavier in the yellow or green or something like that. But just in my experience, uh, some of the, the, the 400 would always be the weirdest. It would just get, I don't know if it's cause it's like a higher grain, but it would get so weird. I'll have to, I'll have to post a couple pictures from that on the, I'll post it in the Flickr group so you guys can see awesome. just like how I mean, it's hard to explain. It looks like, like. Jake, you were talking about the Visco filters. Yeah. There's the old Polaroid Visco filters you can get. I think it's like Pac Three or something yep. like that. It looks like that. It's just like oh. really weird, like yellow, no contrast whatsoever. It's I don't know, it's just weird.
1: Yeah, I have I, I have a funny bit to add to that also. And yes, expired yeah. film is the best. Buy you go go to any antique store you can find, buy all of the film they have. It's usually yeah, like unbelievably cheap. You're shooting portraits or something or trying to break out and find that style. Expired film is, is a pretty good one. Fun fact, though, if you ever were a fan of Agfa film, which I love Agfa, some of my favorite colors ever were Agfa film, a lot of the supermarket crappy Walgreens, Savon, yeah. CVS film is actually really nice Agfa film. They just happen to be making it for cheap. So buy it. Go oh. pick that up. Oh, yeah. It's a very fun fact, and I found like some old fogey camera shop guy <laughs> in L.A. when I was starting, and he was like, that's the real film. Forget all the rest. You can buy like great film for like $2. So that's, pick that's it, it a, up, English try it out. That's a
0: Secret. Love that. That's great. Yeah.
1: But expired film's nice. Black and white, yeah, okay. Yeah, but color, put it in your car, burn it out, like, leave it on your dashboard in the sun, like Make sure you mark which ones those yeah. are, but you oh, yeah, get, for sure. You don't use those on necessarily jobs, but like you going mm-hmm. out and trying to experiment and and try some different things out. That's a good way.
0: That's interesting. Maybe we could even make that a, a a photo challenge coming up.
2: Yeah, Do that's it. a great idea.
1: Don't Be use cool. it, you know. Again, like really nice film. You've spent money off of Amazon or something, or like yeah. no, sought no. for. Maybe not that, but like you know, crappy. You know. Fuji and Kodak, Kodak Gold. Oh, wow! Oh, yes. Abuse it.
2: I agree. I agree completely. I have a bunch. I don't even put it in my refrigerator, my film fridge. Yep. I just keep it sitting on the shelf. Like I, there's no point. Yeah. Oh, but it's awesome. true. I mean, you can definitely go to any like antique or thrift store and buy old film, and they they, they, don't, they don't they don't know, you know, so they oh, don't yeah. really charge you for it either. I got, I think four rolls of 117 film, which is a little bit bigger than 120. That takes in one of the brownies that I have and Man, that film looks great. It's from 65. still shoots amazing. Oh, yeah. And
1: disposable cameras. Old, Mm -hmm. beat-up disposable cameras from antique stores. Oh, my God. Put the flash on if it's still got battery. You're good. (laughs) That's
0: awesome.
2: For sure.
1: And then when you're posted on Vice, thank Jake Giles Netter. (laughs) I am Jake Giles, (laughs) G-I-L-E-S. Vice.
2: I love it.
0: That's awesome. (laughs) Man. All right. Cool. Well, this has been a great episode. Thanks again for joining us, Jake.
2: Oh, thanks for having me. No, I was just going to ask Jake, uh, what what do you got coming up? What's coming up with you? When are you going to start shooting some personal stuff? Well, I mean, near
1: near future, I think. I'm still waiting. I have, you know, three possible shows that are going to go somewhere in the next 2 months if I get picked, and you know, you usually don't get hired until the week before, so, you know, <laughs> I'm uh, I'm in the holding pattern for a little bit. And uh, you know, just shooting more film. I mean, Tim, you're you're the man. You've definitely you know. Thankfully, you're local, and you've you know inspired me to go out and shoot more um, for myself. But um, in between that, I'm just shooting everything. I'm going to shoot a m- little music festival today, and awesome, uh, nice. whether nice. I post it anywhere or not, or just send it to the bands, you know, we'll see. Awesome. Just, where
0: can where can everybody uh, find you? What's your all your socials?
1: Okay, so. So again, I'm, I'm haphazardly on Instagram and I post more and more lately, but you know, um, you, when, I want, when I'm on a picture, it's a little harder. So I am at the letter I, the letter M, Jake Giles, which is G-I-L-E-S. And then my website is jakegilesnetter.com. So J-A-K-E-G-I-L-E-S-N-E-T-T-E-R.com.
0: Awesome. Timothy, where can everybody find you?
2: Oh, you can find me on Instagram at Timothy Makeups And you can also just find me on YouTube with my name Timothy Ditzler, D-I-T-Z-L-E-R. I make a some analog film fun videos. Woo! Chris.
0: Everybody, you can find me on Instagram. It's crispy photo. It's my personal so you'll see a lot of pictures of my life and cameras and stuff like that. And then my post pretty pictures of film. I'm, it's my full name, Christine Bartolucci on Instagram, Twitter. I'm crispy photo. And on YouTube, I'm crispy photo too. I just
2: always think like boy when you say B. I'm just yeah. like, boy, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Don't forget to go to our website, guys, www.analogtalkpodcast.com. Check it out. A lot of and fun our, stuff there.
0: And our Instagram, Analog Talk Podcast. And we're on Twitter now too, Analog Talk Podcast. Ooh,
2: tweet.
0: <laughs> All right, guys. All right. Nice.
2: Bye. Boom. Thank you.